0: Dave Grohl is getting in the van and he's going to be telling a lot of stories with a lot of other rock stars in an upcoming documentary. Rod had a creepy ass van and I had a creepy ass van back in the day. I wonder who had the creepier one. I think we're going to find out. Jason
1: continues to throw wood on this rock is dead story. Comments that Gene Simmons made years ago. So we'll dissect that. Plus we'll talk is radio dead? No, it's not. It's not.
0: And I want you to think about your favorite guitarists of all time. April is International Guitar Month. Who is Rod and my top five favorite guitarists of all time? It's an interesting list. I think you're going to want to hear that. The Play Pants Podcast. You can see the video version on our YouTube channel. Make sure you smash that subscribe button like you're green and you are the Incredible Hulk. And give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Play Pants Pod. All right. Welcome everybody
1: to episode three of the play pants podcast. My name is Rod Ryan. He's Jason Ginty. Uh, we've got some pretty decent stuff lined up for you today. And I I did want to say this, and I'm going to give you a little behind the the door, uh, a little, the little man working the levers behind the curtain. Jason and I, before we did episode one, I think we practiced because we had to kind of get a few legal things. We had to kind of get our ducks in a row and there was a few other things. So we, we, we kind of like practiced, you'll never see these. They'll never see the light of day, but I think we may have done it like four weeks in a row. And there was never a problem on a Wednesday. There was never one problem every week. Here we go. It's Wednesday. We're dialed in. For three weeks in a row, every Wednesday, something has happened (laughs) for us. And I'm like, did we pick the right day to record this? Because it debuts Thursday morning, but we record Wednesday night.
0: Did we pick the right day, Jake? Yeah, I think we did. I think it's fine. I mean, your life gets in the way, man. It's like the one night I had to scramble in here from my other job. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. I'm like, and you're like, it's okay. It's okay. And then you you had the golf tournament last week. Yeah, a can, golf tournament. Can, I'm like, oh, you get to play golf, bitch, and we got to This, this, yeah, this no. is a job now. You got to treat this like a job, bro.
1: You should have seen Jason's face when I said, "Look, I've got a golf tournament," and he's like, "Yeah, but you're gonna be back for the podcast, right?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, 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 no." So we're gonna have to record a day early. Oh, so, good. just life, one thing after another. So we're still adjusting. Um, before we start running into it, I also wanted to say, man, thank you guys. Uh, the response has been great uh it's been awesome uh i'm getting some emails that are sent to me through the buzz website and i'm I'm forwarding a few of these over to jason and uh i mean it's pretty cool i mean people are they're reacting they're 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 digging the stories they're digging the the you know the back and forth the jib jab jib jab of uh of what's happening here so i appreciate everybody checking us out so early
0: you know rod it's 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 what's Kind of fun to see is the reactions because, you know, like we've talked before, I think in one of the other episodes that, um, you know, when you're on the radio, it's just you in a box, man, you're in a closet. You know, you've got a yeah. couple people on your show. I have nobody. So I'll say something and then there's nothing. Now you'll get tweets and, and Facebook comments from time to time, but we get a lot more uh, comments uh, at, Play pants pod, by the way, on all the social media channels. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I think one of the biggest comments we've gotten repeated is watching two guys who we've listened to, you know, in different ways, like seeing you constantly talk is that it's radio. You know, we're on the radio. So yeah. you don't have to see how we move our hands all the time. And we're both like <laughs> very energetic and bouncing around and looking at other shit in the studios. And, uh, and the other thing that's been really, really interesting. And I don't think much about it is people are, are kind of like weirded out every time we swear they're weird. Yeah. They're like, Oh my God, is he on the radio? No, this is a podcast, man. Crank it up. <laughs> I saw
1: my mother-in-law commented on the promo that you put together. <laughs>
0: oh, the- swearing one. Oh my god that's my favorite thing ever
1: and i see my mother-in-law going ha i'm like sweet thanks jason appreciate that so like you said all the social media you guys are doing a great thing and we appreciate you being here so monday tuesday wednesday jason and i we got some things going back and forth and i uh i picked one of the topics today and and i know jason's a big huge foo fighter fan as well oh, like me so him. dave Grohl couldn't be busier right now and he not only has dropped an album and not only is he doing this and that, and the other thing, he's got a documentary coming out. And I, I laughed immediately because it's kind of, a, it's, it's about being a young band, but this, the center of it seems to be about, you got to get in the van. And you think about like young bands, there's a van involved. It's usually disgusting and it hauls around all of the equipment and that's where a lot of bands start. So Grohl is really kind of like peeling back with with some of these big bands, going to up, all the way up into and including Aerosmith, um, which did you see? I, I like that American Picker show. Did you see the episode where they found the Aerosmith van?
0: Yeah, and there was like a tree growing through it or something, but they restored it all. Okay, I never saw it. Was it good? I I don't remember much of it, but I remember they they, they finished it. They they do it how they do all the old cars. They chop them up. They restore it. They replace a lot of things, and they made it back. They found some old pictures of the van from back in the 70s when Aerosmith was actually using it as a touring van, and they replaced everything to, to the way it was you know they call it contours restoration to what it was when Aerosmith had it you know all the, the the scratches and the dings they put those in it as well when they painted wow. it I mean they went all out and and then the episode at the end they took it out to Vegas because that was a few years ago when Aerosmith had the uh, Vegas residency okay and they brought the whole band back there and they're like here's your van and they just the looks on their faces and they sat down and they told these stories and uh, Tyler's like, yeah, man. He's like, he's behind the steering wheel. He's like, oh my God, I can feel, I can smell, I can see where we're going. I can see the lines on the road. Like it just brought back all these memories to these guys. And they like, it looked like, you know, it's Aerosmith. They don't get along. Right. And you get the feeling that those guys all have separate lives, separate buses, separate uh, for all these years. But they, they, all of a sudden, they were all huddled around this van, and it looked like they turned in these little kids, talking, cool. shop. So it was really cool.
1: And that's kind of exactly what Dave Grohl seems to be kind of like putting together for this. And it sounds like he's going to talk to some new bands as well. So it's not going to be just a walk down memory lane. It sounds like he's going to be working, uh, talking to some new bands that are out there doing the van. Uh, our friends, the Google Goo Dolls, came into the studio about a year and a half ago. And, uh, Robbie and Johnny, uh, Jason and I worked together in Buffalo and we worked with Robbie for a short period of time. So we knew him pretty well. Um, but they came in and I got a chance to talk with them and they, they were on the show. It was great. And I busted out a 1987, I still had it Google dolls crammed the van tour. Oh my God. It's got a cartoon on it (laughs) and it's got them hanging out of the van. They did the van tour. So all bands have done this. The thing that made me kind of laugh is because separately, Jason and I had bands. And it's just the creepy kind of van that you would think. Now, I've talked about my van on the air before. Now, I was in a band. I was the drummer of the band. So I had the most shit to haul around. So my very first vehicle that I ever owned was a 1977 Dodge Tradesman Van, oh, sweet guess, ride. Sweet now that's ride. what I. When we met, that's what I was driving. Now you had a purple station wagon, dude. we—that was started. my winter beater.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because up north, when you, people in the south don't get a winter beater, you'd have a You're decent right. car all summer. You put that shit in the shed or in the garage, mm-hmm. and then you'd buy like a two hundred dollar car and you put these snow tires on it, and you would just beat the shit out of your winter yeah. beater.
1: It was great. Love and it, you, you, know, you say $200, but that usually was your limit. You'd spent $200 on a vehicle and you drove it during the winter. So my van was put up. But So my 1977 Dodge Tradesman van, uh, captain's chairs in the front that swiveled all the way around. Nice. The big dog house here that, you know, the engine was right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole back was gutted. <laughs> this thing was, it was done up in cat it was done the van was from california
0: shag so carpeting it had, it shag
1: carpeting <laughs> Right. it had a black fur ceiling it had teak wood trim like the trim of your house i love like it. I the love it. It, it had teak trim and it had a bed in the back
0: yeah no, wind,
1: no windows mm. the back windows had louvers on it this thing was the the creepiest. I mean, looking back at it now, it's super creepy. I love it. It's my first vehicle. But we, and I didn't go out on some big major tour or anything. Right. But me and the guys, we were in that van. And we went everywhere to all of our gigs, all of our, all of our, up to Canada. And the thing about, see, Jason and I grew up on the border of Canada. We would do concerts. We would do shows up in Canada. You know, we'd play clubs. And they would rip my van apart looking for drugs. It looked like a van carrying drugs from the TV show Chips. That's what my van looked like. Yeah. And, and the creepiest long haired dudes are driving it. And you got four guys in there, we're driving to Canada. They tore it apart every time and they never put anything back together. We had to put it all back together. Looking under the bed, we had to pull all the equipment out and everything. But it, that was my van experience. And it was the best, man. I loved it. I mean, you know, we, we drove far distances in that thing. We fought in that thing. I mean, we had full-on fights in there in the middle of winter storms and everything. So this Dave Grohl documentary looks great to me. You had a van, and you bought it shortly after we met.
0: Yeah, it was cool as shit. I, I do want to point out that the van thing, actually, a van got thanked. Remember this? When Green Day got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few years ago, Mike Durant, the bass player, he thanked the the Ford Econoline van. He goes and without the Ford Econoline van, nice rock and roll, we, they wouldn't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He thanked the van in the speech, man. It was brilliant. I remember, remember watching it live, and I went, "Holy shit!" He just thanked the van. That's so badass. Yeah, there's no way Grohl's not going to use that for the documentary. Oh, it has to be in there. It has to be in there. Um, what's interesting is that, yeah, I bought a, a, I think it was an 85 Chevy van, 305. It had the four speed on the floor. This thing was bad. It was, and it's worse than yours. You want to know why? <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, it was, I had the cool. Cause you right? weren't in a, you weren't in a band. I was so just a skinny You were dipshit. basically
1: just trying to get kids in there and giving them candy. Oh, and it looked like it too, dude. It was, it was, <laughs> it was solid
0: black. Okay. Solid black, not a window on it, except for the windshield. The driver and passenger side in the back, but the back had the louvers on it, so you couldn't see in it, right? Same thing. The windows were tinted as black as you could. I mean, you couldn't see in them. You couldn't see out of them. Shiny black with the silver uh, uh, Krager rims. Krager rims. I had Krager rims on mine. Very good. Dude, I had seven to eight coat hangers holding the exhaust system up. What what sucks is like it was beautiful there wasn't a scratch on this paint right it was a gorgeous looking van it just ran like shit man it was just it was all look and nothing else man and and it, i had to constantly take coat hangers out of my closet and i was underneath it all the time twisting up this rusted out there was nothing left it was loud as shit right i'd pull up in front of people's houses and i'd be like yeah who's that
1: guy i had to kind of sell it to my mom my dad was cool about it me my dad and i actually went to go look at a hearst and my mom said no that's i mean i'm living at home at the time right she's like you're not parking a hearst here my dad and i went to go look at a hearst and he was kind of down for it he was i mean he was going to, he okayed it then he said the old you know ask your mom (laughs) so my mom said you're not parking a hearst here at the house because i'm living at home now that would have been bad how cool would that have been hauling around all the equipment so
0: and smart it's like a cooler looking station wagon and you don't have to pick shit up as high you know what i mean it hurts to be cool
1: things never gone over 45 miles an hour you know it had low (laughs) mileage so my mom everything with my mom i gave her as little information as she needed just to kind of let her know that you know i was out there and i'm looking for a vehicle whatever so my dad again sees this van signs off on it it's got three on the tree oh so cool I I i don't even know how to drive any of that stuff so I couldn't even drive it. I bring the van home. We buy it. My mom kind of knows I'm buying a van now. She, she's not sure, but okay. I think he's bringing a van home. So my dad has to drive it. Cause I can't even drive the three on the on, uh, three on the steer on the steering column. There was an H pattern yep. of reversed first, second, and third. And it was so in an cool. H. So, cool. so the thing, my dad pulls it up in the driveway my mom comes out. She sees the van. I'm just like, okay. It's kind of cool looking, you know, on the outside. Opens the side doors and sees a bed in there.
0: Get down. Get down. My mom.
1: <laughs> my mom. My mom thinks that she didn't swear when we were younger. My mom said, fuck no. When she opened up the van and she saw there. it's a bed. With a with a, the, the guy gave me the, you know, probably all jizz stained up blankets uh, and everything, the custom pillows and everything. Oh. He gave me everything. All right. It was it was all there. My mom looked at that thing and she's like, uh uh-uh, uh no way. And then starts yelling at my dad. Yep. Absolutely. How did you let him buy this? Yep, exactly. <laughs> so so my dad took the hit and then basically he said, listen, you said you didn't want the hearse parked in the driveway. So we went with this. He's got to carry around the drums, blah, blah, blah. So like my dad really did me a solid there. I mean, that was huge. I needed a van. You just bought a van. a van. It looked so freak.
0: Cool. You didn't need a van. I had a car and it I was, was like, cool, okay, though, I, I loved it. I was sick of it. And I was like, okay. And I, so I get the, I get the van, Right. So, you know, anytime and I'm young, I'm, I'm out, I, I got dates occasionally, you know, I get dates and you show up at somebody's house to pick them up at their house oh, and the old and man it, comes man. out, arms crossed and just looking at you and I'm like, shit, <laughs> I bought the wrong kind of vehicle. Go out one time, right? Kind of a first meeting date with this chick, right? Go out. I have too much to drink, of course. So I'm like, hey, can you drive home? She's like, yeah, I totally drive home. Gets in the car. I get in the passenger seat, right? And I'm pretty – I don't let people drive my cars. I'm a bit of a dick that way, right? I'm like, no, no, no. I spend too much effort making them look good and sort of sound good and all that good shit. She gets in the car, right? She goes to just turn the key and it doesn't start. I'm like, what do you mean it won't start? She's like, it won't start. I go, you got to push in the clutch. She goes, the what? <laughs> oh, no, I'm hammered. she's not driving. I can't drive. I go, look, I'll talk you through it. And when you're hammered, dude, you think you've got this unlock, right? I go, push in the clutch. I'm teaching someone how to drive a van. The clutch is hard to push down. The shifter is huge like a bus, right? We start hucking and bucking up and down the road. I go, "You know what? Let's just take a cab." So, yeah, that's uh that that didn't work out with the van very well. What's interesting about from the musical side of it, I think what happens is and you could speak better to this because I was never in a band, but you know, you're having fist fights in that van. You're stuck in that close quarters. You're 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 stuck. Uh, you know, hour or two ride to places sometimes. You're stuck getting to know these guys. You practice. You write songs. You do all that shit together, right? But it creates more of that. What makes that guy tick? You get to learn each other's, uh, you know, quirks and weirdness. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes out on stage and in your music because you can look at each other and you know what that guy's thinking you know what that guy's saying you get that it's almost like you know with a morning show you know you get to you hang out with these people you drink some beers you hang out you do stuff you get to learn what makes them tick and it actually ultimately should make your show or your um uh your band better a lot of times
1: i agree 100 percent um so dave grohl uh, what drives us is the name of the documentary. And we will put the uh we'll put the trailer up on the PlayPants Facebook page and we'll tweet it out as well. Uh the trailer, it, it, I mean, everything that Dave Grohl has done. It's his third documentary, which is wild. This is his third one. The other two have been great. I mean, it's Sound just, City, Sound City was second to none, but the one from the studio, the Sonic
0: Highway. Sonic Highway is still my
1: Sonic Highways, that's what I mean.
0: He did a better job explaining New Orleans music to people than I think anyone's ever done. You cannot, it's not easy to figure out and condense what makes New Orleans music so influential. He did such a great job. And I live here. I was like, holy shit. This is the first time I really understood it. It took Dave Grohl to explain it to me. Sonic Highways
1: is great. One final thing about the, uh, the documentary, which I don't know if you saw this. I kind of sent you the press release on it. It's going to be on something called coda now it's a division of amazon prime right we might have to pay for this come on this is a it's getting it's getting weird out there i know if i'm hearing correctly coda might be a nod to zeppelin right and there may be all of this music stuff coming on a a division of Amazon prime. Most of you probably are already on Amazon prime and I love it. It's great. You know what I mean? You got all the movies and you're streaming all the stuff. This might be an upcharge. It probably will be. It may be. So again, I'm not exactly sure. Friday, April 30th, it's going to be available. uh, The Coda collection and elsewhere through Amazon prime video. It'll be interesting to see if they try to launch a new platform that to bilk us out of more money and use this. Because I don't know that I pay for another service to watch this documentary, to be honest with you.
0: Right. But that's what they're going to end up doing. But, you know, if you're going to hyper focus all these little channels and you get good documentaries and you start diving into everybody, man, I'm in. Because I'm a fan of all that stuff. Right, I guess we got to talk about our sponsor, Lucky's Pub West, I-10 and Barker Cypress. Man, I'm telling you what, Lucky's Pub West. They got the Rockets games, uh, Astros baseball. Baseball season just getting going. You got to check out the games. Uh, The Astro Games over at Lucky's Pub West on over 40 TVs. The food, delicious. The best pizza on the best side. Killer Wings burgers. And I'll be damned if I didn't get another comment (laughs) about those Philly cheesesteak egg rolls. Yeah. Those things are like, they're becoming legendary, man. Anyway, they're doing (laughs) crawfish on the weekends. Check out the Facebook page for details. There's always, always an ice cold beer at a fair price. What else are you going to use to wash down those famous Philly cheesesteak egg rolls, right? Lucky's Pub West. I tend at Barker Cypress.
1: Jason, you sent you sent me something that you said that this uh, rock is dead. Uh, That thing that Simmons, Gene Simmons said years ago. This was something that Jason sent me during the week. He said, dude, it ain't over with yet. I thought for sure this was going to be a done conversation. I mean, it's been three or four different levels now coming out of Gene Simmons'
0: comments. You realize the Rock is Dead thing has been happening since the 70s, right? Every couple of years, the Rock critics all get around and go, okay, we need some new articles. (laughs) So let's proclaim Rock Dead because – it all goes in cycles, right? You go for a lull where music's just kind of like, man, nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden, bam, hair metal. Nothing's happening. Bam, grunge. And then nothing's happening. And then, you know, whatever. So Gene Simmons has gone on and on and on saying rock is basically dead. He says these bands can't, they can't survive because the model's been changed. You know, you're not selling albums and, and a lot of bands aren't selling out arenas. So they can't make financial Money they can't make money off of being a rock band anymore, it's not getting played on the radio anymore. Um, that much it's hard for them to go, so he's basically proclaiming rock is dead. Now, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister fame, who's a pretty decent follow, man, he gets talking music and stuff, especially the hair metal stuff. And he he uh he trumpets the hair metal pretty good, obviously. Um, he got into it about like, no, rock is not dead, there's a million great bands out there, they just don't get exposure. Well, I think they're both saying the same thing (laughs) because Gene said they're not getting exposure. There's a million great rock bands out there. You have to work. You got to dig to find them. You know there's great rock bands out there. I know they're out there. Are you playing any new real traditional rock bands on the buzz? I mean, there's a couple of things.
1: Okay, so the the new Rise Against has come out, right? It's great. Um, We are banging the shit out of a new Offspring song, right? So Offspring's
0: a rock band, right? Uh, punk, punk rock sure yeah yeah so it's okay rise again. So, but but those bands aren't new they've been around for 15 well also been around for 30 years
1: the guy that made the comment that everyone is getting their panties in a bunch up to and including dave Grohl, said hey we're doing some stuff over here which right dave Grohl is carrying that torch um gene simmons is 71 years old hang on let that sink in mm-hmm. i had to look it up gene simmons is 71 something happens to people when they hit a certain age where they just start thinking that people aren't working as hard as they did. They're not putting in the effort that they did. There's no difference between guys that are swinging a hammer, guys that are making music. Every generation thinks the one beneath them are lazy and you know don't work as hard as them i mean the world war ii guys thought the vietnam guys were pussies it, it's just, it never stops so you have somebody and you know how i feel about kiss he's 71 years old he says rock is dead because you're not doing it the same way that you did it right rock is not dead it's not the most popular music anymore it's not mm. when grunge ruled the world grunge was the most popular music when mtv launched you know there was a new wave thing happening but boy they really embraced rock bands and they made good videos so That's for a while that hair stuff was the most popular music it was popular music even though there was other things happening rock is not the most popular music right now rap is rap hip-hop pop pop music is is the most popular music right so there's going to be another shift okay Uh, tessa was talking this week on the air that skinny jeans are out and wide jeans are in there's there's a new gene cycle coming in it's just it it's just not the most popular thing that people are talking about everyone gets upset because you watch the grammys there's no rock represented there Um, you look at album sales and there's just not a lot of rock record selling, you know, but people are starving for concerts, man. They're starving for concerts. There's still a ton of rock fans out there. Um, you know, my state, you work at a classic rock station, right? I work at what is an alternative rock station and I get it. People want to light you up when you play something brand new because 21 pilots just came out with something. I'm at a rock alternative station. Okay. You're, we, we have to play that. And guess what? Just don't assume that everybody hates it. They don't. Um, but, the, rock but, but, star, but, the rock star looks different now. The rock star looks like, <sighs> looks like... Today's rock star looks like Machine Gun Kelly.
0: Yeah, it's the it's guys from 21 Pilots. Machine Gun
1: Kelly's a rock star. Absolutely. Okay. I don't care if you like him or not. Th- that last album was awesome. He's a rock star. He's not Led Zeppelin rock star. He's today's rock star.
0: There's not any more David Lee Ross. There's no more Jim Morrison's, man. And and, and that, that, that see. But when someone calls your station, Rod, okay. And and I think we can fix this pretty quick. When someone calls and goes, what the hell with 21 pilots or imagine dragons, ask them how old they are. Ask them how old they are. That's all you got to do. And I guarantee they're over 35. When they call them bitch, you start eating down. You 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 start start, aging
1: out on that stuff. You
0: See, here's how it works, okay? Look, I know people who loved Elvis, and they loved the Beatles. Guess what? They hated Led Zeppelin because they got aged out, right? People who love Led Zeppelin and Sabbath. When it was new, Now, I'm not talking about looking back. I'm talking growing up, 16 years old, and that was the new shit. I'm pretty sure they weren't real psyched when Judas Priest and Van Halen came out, okay? And then when you had those guys, then the hair metal comes out, and it just you're an age right you're in that 15 your musical tastes are formed between like 14 and 22 okay that's your wheelhouse for forming your musical tastes okay now you some people will get older and still like new music but what happens is by the time you're 22 guess what you're kind of getting into the real world it means you're working you ain't got time to sit around and jerk off the radio stations or music right then you also you're going to get kids and your life becomes all consuming of just surviving having a job wife kids and all that (laughs) shit you know what you're not doing sitting around your house talking about the new freaking 21 pilots album because you're just not and what's happening is because life is happening between 14 and age 22, all the cool shit, right? You're young, you're full of piss and vinegar, you're banging horns and you're doing all these things. You're creating memories with all this music on in the background. And guess what? Every time you hear that shit for the rest of your life, that's going to bring back those kick-ass memories. It's what, it's, 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 it's triggering, triggering an emotion. So when you see those memes on Facebook and you see them almost every day, I may be old, but I saw the good bands. No, you didn't. You saw all the bands that were popular in your time, man. Yes. There's still great bands out there today. I guarantee you the second we're allowed to go see concerts, go see a band you don't know. And I'm telling you, they're probably going to light it up. There's so many great freaking bands out there right now. They just don't get the exposure because you know how hard it is to get on a radio station as a band nowadays. It's virtually impossible. Okay. Especially as a, if you got a guitar this got, I think they took all the fuzz away from all the guitars is what happened in the last 10 years. Cause it just doesn't exist. You don't hear it right. on mainstream shit. You just don't hear it. It's, it's so hard for rock bands right now. And that's a shame. Cause I'm a, I'm a, give me four dudes. Give me the fuzz. Give me that swagger. Give me that guy with the, the booze and the, all the problems and the tats. Right. And that isn't going to happen again. I don't think it's just not going to happen. I think there's a lot of, a lot of things have been learned, you know, machine gun Kelly, he's a badass. He's a, he's a rock star, you he's know, a rock. That's it's today's been, rock star. It's a different rock star. The styles change, you know, everything evolved from something else. Think about it. Right. You had, you know, Led Zeppelin came out Sabbath, that whole sound right there in the, in 69, 70, 71, the, all those guys thick, heavy, just awesome guitars. Right. And then, you know, a few years later, what happened? You had the Van Halen's and you had all that shit, the ACDCs that all kind of got out of the Led Zeppelin stuff. They formed those bands in the late 70s. And then, of course, out of those bands, you were born into the hair metal in the mid-late 80s. And it just keeps going. It's all a derivative of something else.
1: And don't assume what you're talking about that when that baton was, oh, hi, Voodoo. <laughs> my Dogs. dog. I had my dog. My dog just wanted to come in on the podcast. Um, i the smartest one in the room right now. <laughs> don't assume that you're talking about these, what seemed to be pretty smooth transitions. Who would have a problem going from Zeppelin to, uh, you know, Zeppelin into, you know, ACDC and Van Halen, and then into like Rat and Quiet Riot. People now, had a problem with it. You think it was a smooth transition, but it wasn't. No. Jason and I, before we were at the alternative radio station in Buffalo, when we talked about it, you know how we got our first jobs that was our wheelhouse we were ready to rock because we were ready to go because that was our music alternative was turning the corner and stations were flipping formats from rock formats to alternative the guys that worked at the station before they flipped format they weren't digging Weezer they were being forced to play it Nirvana and Soundgarden Alice in Chains that stuff kind of weaved in there pretty well I remember the Afternoon Drive guy, Meltdown. I love you. I remember him having to play Weezer on the Fox and just was not happy about it. Weezer. And, of course, it was Buddy Holly. <laughs> but but okay? that song
0: had guitars in it. It was fuzz. It, it still did. was a rock song. And you would think that there was an easy transition there.
1: Nothing can be further from the truth. It was not an easy transition. Not at all.
0: And I want to make it very clear that when I say like Led Zeppelin into Van Halen into the hair metal, you know, looking back on it from this point today, absolutely. It totally makes sense. Yeah. I love all that shit, but you got to put yourself in the context of being like 17 years old when you heard Led Zeppelin. And then years later, you're like, wait, what is this hair metal shit? I, I, this is like a, a complete total watering down of what Led Zeppelin did. You know, when you look at the hair metal, you're like, wait a minute, Brett Michaels, is basically like a watered down Robert Plant. And I mean, way watered down. You think about that. So you're not going to get anyone who loved those bands then are like, oh, these guys are pussies. You know, it's not for me. So the rock is dead thing. No, it just evolves. It's not your style of rock and roll. You know, Machine Gun Kelly has all the attitude of rock. He's got the tats. He's got the guitar. Sure. He's dressing in pink and he's isn't he banging Megan Fox right now? Banging Megan Fox. So he's, he's got like ro-
1: the hottest chick out there. He's rock got star. The whole thing. I mean, every that's a rock star. Rock star. It's a rock star. And he's plugged himself in everywhere, you know, and he, he's got Travis Barker producing him from Blink-182, sure. who Blink is still very viable. It, it's just, it it's there. It's out there. It's not out there as much as we as rock fans would want it to be. Right. But it's still there. It's totally there. And it goes hand in hand. You know, I told you, I said, I had a, a story to share with you. Um, I, I'm at a party this weekend. Don't worry. Not exactly a kegger or a rager, a two-year-old party. Sweet. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm chatting, you know, it's the old, you know, what do you do for a living type of deal? And, you know, the parents of, uh, of the hosts. And you know, I said, you know, I work at a radio station and, you know, you know, you don't know what people's reactions are going to be, but, You know, a few people, you know, the ears pick up like, oh, radio station. Really, really, really. And they're asking, you know, well, is it is it a good business to be in radio? Right. You're thinking, is it like the newspapers? Everybody knows newspapers are drying up. You know, you don't really see newspapers and, you know, unless you're in real big cities now. And I, and I said, okay, well, let me ask you. Let me get a little feeling. What do you guys do? What do you guys do? How do you use different things? I go, do you ever listen to a podcast before? Yeah, yeah, we listen to podcasts. I said, that's radio. That's radio. Okay. Uh, you have a phone? You guys have a phone? They're like, yeah. Said, the app's on that phone? They're like, yeah. I go, that's radio. Radio is not Ralphie from A Christmas Story sitting down and his favorite radio program is is coming on and he's sitting next to this big you know this big huge piece of uh furniture and listening to you know the lone ranger right that used to be radio and even growing up the the experience was different for you and i you know we'd sit around and we already talked about recording songs off the radio and walking around with the boom box and all of that you know how you would traditionally think of radio but websites. And y- your company's doing the same thing what iHeart already has done for years. You're, you're morphing into this media company, right. and you're, you're not just a radio station anymore, you know? Podcasts. And you look at your phone, and, you, you know, for me, it's the iHeart radio app, and all these radio stations are
0: right there. All these podcasts are right there. That's radio. We're doing it. We've expanded our, our, our reach. We're radio and we're doing a podcast. Same Correct. thing. Same damn thing. Now, I don't know if it, I, again, I, I'm
1: getting off on a bit of a tangent here, but, you know, one guy saying rock is dead. And then I kind of got that feeling thinking that, well, you know, radio kind of must be, you know, on its way out. Right. <laughs> Everything was going to kill radio. OK, TV. TV was supposed to kill it. TV was supposed to kill radio in the 50s. The, the VCR was supposed to kill radio. The DVD was supposed to kill radio. I remember as late as 2003, uh, iPods were just coming out. And I'm like, let's give away iPods, man. This would be cool. And the program director's like, no, you idiot. That's going to put us out of business. We're not giving away something that's going to ultimately hurt us here. Right. So the iPod, the MP3, everything was going to kill us. Streaming was going to kill us. YouTube was going to kill us. Nothing has killed radio. Um, You know, I did, of course, bring in all kinds of numbers and everything. I'll just say that the reach of radio itself, the one number that I want to share with you, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but I'm Spotify guy is there. Okay. You know, Spotify guy. Oh yeah! Nobody listens to the radio anymore. Uh, Oh, XM
0: XM was supposed to kill radio too. There's there's those guys. Oh, satellite radio, man! You know, no one listens to real radio. No one listens to rest radio anymore.
1: Audience shares, Pandora, Spotify, nearly equal AM/FM radio. Here's the deal. Not even close. Mm -hmm. Not even close. Okay, AM/FM radio is 21 times larger than pandora did you hear me yeah it's a lot i got pandora playing all the time okay it's 10 times more popular and more populated meaning 10 times the people are listening to amfm radio than spotify yep so you just kind of assume that well everybody must be doing this Radio's not dead not even close it's what jason does for a living it's what i do for a living okay this isn't This isn't pay in the house note yet.
0: (laughs) But the radio is still outrageously popular. Dude, 90. Wait, you got stats? (laughs) You think I didn't come with stats? I got stats, bro. I got stats. 93% of Americans still punch up the regular old radio at some point during their day. 93% (laughs) of Americans are still turning on the radio. Take that Spotify guy it's dead so here's what's interesting about that now is there a lot of shitty radio stations out there in the world yes yeah oh there's some bad dude how hard is it for you to actually listen to the radio at all without ripping every little thing a new asshole
1: (laughs) it's a little different i mean it's hard for us anybody that's ever worked in radio it's you you're a little bit more critical of of everything that you're hearing and so I'm driving in the car with my wife, and she now she knows. We've been together long enough. But if you've ever had this happen to you, radio's playing, song is playing, you're jamming out, and then somebody, somebody comes on and starts talking, and my wife reaches over and hits the button for something else. I'm like, did you just turn off a person talking on the radio? Did you just – did you – what, what i do
0: for a living you just showed me what you feel about somebody talking on the radio why don't you stab me yeah stab me the mean fucking- so yeah
1: there's it's tough to listen to the radio uh, but i do uh, and and i do and i and i try to you know keep listening to a little bit of everything um but you know i i, I it's not that i don't listen to pandora or spotify you know of course you know iheart um XM, it's great. It's awesome. But it hasn't destroyed radio. And I know this whole thing started out with Gene Simmons and his rock <laughs> is dead. But shit's not dying. You know? It's I mean, not. it's, it's splintered. not.
0: It's splintered. In fact, it's you brought different. it up. It, it's it, just different. There's more options. There's more more options you should be thrilled about that right there's so many different options look at this we're doing a podcast we didn't ever think this was going to happen I you know when you left for Houston 18 years ago I'm like well that's that (laughs) like I didn't figure we'd ever get a chance to work together and here we are sitting here on Wednesday nights working together doing sort of a podcast radio thing and it's and it's badass because it's opened up thousands of different ideas. I've, I've rethought everything, man. Like this has just been awesome. We're only three into this thing and I'm already like thinking of 90 things every time. So, and you brought it up. The, the, um the Dave Grohl documentary is going to be on a, on a, a thing called Coda, which I guess we're both assuming is going to be part of Amazon. It's just, everything is going to be so splintered. Think about when cable first came out. Back in the '80s and '90s, right? You had HBO, you had Skymax, you had MTV, right? And you kind of <laughs> only had a few. Cha- you only had a few channels, and then you had this scrambled porn, remember? And you're like, "Oh, come on! Oh, oh! I saw a titty! I saw a titty! You know what I mean? And that's what you had. And then you had like a thousand cable channels, right? Yeah. And now all those cable channels are now going to morph into all of these other places, all the different Netflix and, and, and the, uh, the, the pain Amazon. platforms. And then it's, it's just, it's just moving. It's going from cassette to CD, man. That's what we're doing with everything. We, we're exactly. not doing anything new. We're just spreading it around in new mediums.
1: Uh, I want to, I want to pause for one of our sponsors here, in New Orleans. I think, uh, everybody knows it's a pretty amazing city. It's one that's very near and dear to my heart. My good friend, Jason lives there. So unique history along with, I mean, party balls, go to New Orleans and party balls. Okay. Mm -hmm. But take some time and learn a little bit about the place that you're at and you can still party while doing it. All right. So if you don't know, there was a time when real pirates roamed around the streets of the French quarter and you can hear these incredible tales of smuggling and sword fights and cannons and drinking and then more drinking and then more drinking. Uh, You can follow along with pirates of the quarter. And it's a walking tour. There's some there's some pub crawls. This is awesome. All right, and it's you're still partying. You're still out and about. And do it before it gets too hot, man. So it's the most unique walking tour in the French Quarter. It's fun. You're gonna learn a ton. You're not gonna be quizzed. You're just gonna absorb this stuff. And you're gonna. It's just because it's so cool to hear about the rock stars of the day were pirates. Okay, I mean those were the rock stars back in the day uh, the trading and the port and everything else so discover the pirate history of new orleans Piratesofthequarter.com, uh links on the play pants podcast page and our youtube page and uh if you're planning a trip to new orleans you'd be silly uh not to take this walking tour man because you will you'll learn a lot you'll just
0: have an awesome time and it'll enhance your trip rod april's a big month it's a big month you want to know yeah. why it's a big month you want to know why because it's international oh shit did you get something not yet. Wait, what day is it? Don't, if you don't know, holy Five years. years. Don't put why would you say that? What if I didn't know? Dude, I'll cut this part out. Don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> what an asshole. What
1: if I didn't know my anniversary and you asked me during a podcast? Dude, Right now you're, you're the you know whole what? world.
0: You're you're buying time. You're buying time. You're April thinking 30th. you're trying to, Okay, there you go. April thirtieth. It's on
1: the inside of my ring. At a boy. We, <laughs> I had it etched on my ring just in case. It was a great life hack you back know in, what? in the day. but talked smart. That.
0: On the outside of the ring. Anyway, besides your wonderful, loving anniversary, it is also International Guitar Month. So I thought, since uh, we love to do top five lists, Rod, let's go through your favorite and my favorite guitarists. This isn't saying they're the best of all time. Let's not go down those roads. It's your personal favorite guitarists, my personal favorite guitarists
1: just thank you for sending it in that verbiage. Okay. Cause oh. I probably would have kicked it back to you. If, if you would have said something to me, dude, the, the greatest guitar players of all time, let's do that list. I'm like, no, uh, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. Uh-uh. I don't, I, I don't need it. I don't need that in my life. And I if don't you think don't, I mean, I, I don't have Jimi Hendrix on my list because you said I'm allowed to give you my favorite guitar players. Absolutely. I'm not saying that Jimmy's not the best, but he's not my top five favorite guitar players, so I don't have, I don't have Jimmy Page on my list. I don't have Eric Clapton on my list. I don't know but if I think, I'm freaking you out already, but I don't.
0: No, no, no. I think I think anytime we do these lists, it shouldn't. You know, let let Rolling Stone magazine and all those guys do all their dumb. Who's the greatest of all time? I think it has to come from a personal standpoint. So, you you know, you can go, oh, yeah, well, we're, I like those same guys, too. Or or, or or this is where the listener or viewer, or by the way, we do this podcast. It's on our YouTube channel as well. Look at uh, Play Pants podcast on YouTube. Um, smash you that subscribe. I mean, hit that thing. Like smash like, the subscribe button. Like an ex-girlfriend's windshield on her car. Okay, that's violent. Never mind. What are your top five, your, your top five favorite guitarists of all time, Rod?
1: As always, these things are very difficult. So I'm sorry. No Hendrix. No Clapton. No Page. No Beck. But that's okay. No Townsend.
0: It's okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. That's, a, that's for the other, that's for the, the, the Rolling Stone magazines and the, okay. and the Pitchfork and shit. Man, it's yours. My yours.
1: favorite guitar players in at number 5 slash
0: oh how do you not how do you not
1: all right uh love the man uh, i love his solo stuff man he went out there and got miles kennedy who has one of the most wicked rock voices out there somebody go go tell miles nobody told miles kennedy rock was dead that no. dude can wail so the conspirators and some of that slash solo stuff. I know everybody's going to know him from, from uh, guns and roses, but man, go check out the stuff that he's doing with uh, miles.
0: I saw miles Kennedy one time and, and, and with slash, right. Those conspirators. Right. And, and I took the wife and we're like, this is awesome. This is, and she's like, miles Kelly can, miles Kennedy can sing his balls off. But, but my wife is like, he's freaking me out. I go, why? She goes, because every time he, he like there's a solo, all he does is he would turn around to the drum riser behind him on stage and he would squirt hand sanitizer in his hands. Really? My wife's like, yeah. And she goes, she goes, that is killing the rock star image, man. I, I, you don't have to smoke and drink. I, didn't, I never saw him do that before. I've oh, seen him live a couple of times. I've seen it, Alter Bridge too. Yes, I don't remember ever seeing that. Nicest guy in the world too, man. But it, dude, it ruined the concert for me. I just kept watching him squirt hand sanitizer in his hands.
1: You know what? And he's a, I'll, I'll say this about Miles. He's a really, cause we're talking guitar. He's a killer guitar player. Really? He's really, really good, all right? So when you oh. got him and Tremonti in the same band, yeah. Tremonti didn't make my list, but, man, I'm thinking, damn it.
0: I like him, um, too, actually.
1: Okay, uh, Angus Young, ACDC. I, I didn't plan to wear this, but uh, ACDC, sure. Angus Young, favorite guitar player because of the power. I don't know if – I don't know where he sits on a greatest of all time list, but between him and Jimmy Page, the riff – and mm-hmm. just the power of the riff, and he's so damn entertaining on stage. And AC/DC still. Uh, Hal and I went a couple of years ago, went to go see them on the stadium tour, and they just—you never felt like you were ripped off from the olden days, you know. I didn't no. see AC/DC in the in the early '80s. I didn't see AC/DC. I clearly didn't see him with Bon Scott either. I was too young, but Angus Young still just brings it live. He's so fun to watch. And regarded as one of the greats um, in a number four, number three, I saw him live. I did see him live. Stevie Ray Vaughn. No way. Yes. I saw Stevie Ray Vaughn at Darien Lake outside of Buffalo. And (laughs) there's a whole crazy long story to it, but I did see Stevie Ray Vaughn perform live. And I think that I I liked him before and seeing him live and then having him pass. Uh, I cherished the fact that I saw him perform, and yeah. I remember the concert. It was kind of before I was, you know, drinking um, a lot at concerts, you know, because I wasn't. I was I was younger when I saw him. Um, he was amazing, dude. He was amazing, and I I do think that him and Jimi Hendrix, when you talk about that guitar being a part of their body and almost like a third arm, mm-hmm. he he was so. F- fluid with the with the guitar and all you got to do is go watch some of that legendary uh stuff from austin city limits and uh and you just never saw anybody maybe jimmy was the only other guy that did that not even well i got other guys uh tom Morello in at number two Yeah, yeah my number two favorite guitar player um, you and I have met Tom before I've, I've, I've come in contact with him a bunch of times and I've gotten a chance to talk to him and interview him. And he's a great guy. He's awesome. He's a rock fan. Right. Um, you, you just want to sit around and, and talk with him. Um, but I put Tom Morello in at number two and I, I put Eddie Van Halen in at number one. And wow. I, I freaked out because I didn't have, ace freely on my list that was the toughest one for me not putting ace freely on my list killed me because as a little kid he was everything he was, he was everything to me and he didn't so that that's the guy that just didn't make the cut uh you know shout out dave navarro randy rhodes tony oh, iomi oh. i'm a big sabbath fan and you know who else i just threw out there john frusciante um chili pepper's never been my favorite band but that son of a bitch is so talented He's unbelievable. And I just gave you about 30 guitar players on my top five. It's five, dude. It's five. Tough.
0: Can we keep... Yeah, you know what's funny, though, is uh, uh, John Frushanti, I never huge Chili Peppers fan, seen him a couple... I saw him at Jazz Fest a few years ago, and that was mind-blowing. They were so great. Live,
1: but, they're great. They're, they're, I mean, they're top-notch.
0: Okay, dig up on YouTube once you finish watching this. Um, some Frushanti. and I don't remember this when I saw him live, but he'll bust out occasionally. I don't know if he does it every time they played live. He busts out, like, Bee Gees tunes for a little, like, 45 seconds. He'll, he'll do, like, Staying Alive or one of these songs, and he, he's singing it in the falsetto. I didn't he's know so that happened.
1: Talented. Dude, Un- he is real. He's a musician's musician. He's been to hell and back. Yeah. You know, he's had to deal with issues. He's gone down. He's dropped down to 80 pounds before. You know, he's dropped out of the Chili Peppers, then he's come back to the Peppers. That guy is... One of the most talented guitar players ever. And you're right. Seeing him live and seeing the Chili Peppers live. Ugh. You know, I'm not going to okay. put on a Chili Pepper CD or, you know, on my playlist or whatever. But seeing them live, it's it's next level. All right. I'm curious because I want to see how much, uh, how much carryover we have on our top five lists. You know, I really hey, Favorite guitar players.
0: My favorite. Like who I can be like, yeah, I can listen to that shit all day long. And seeing the, some of these guys live has definitely helped to- uh change my perspective on guitar players. yes there's no there's no jimmy page on my thing i love jimmy page i love all that shit Uh, there's no shredders really on my list either man number five and this is gonna be like what robbie krieger of the doors okay you gotta think (laughs) about
1: this
0: (laughs) next time you got a doors Elmon, put the headphones in okay cuz the way it was produced it was on the two tracks or the four tracks so it's right and left and and there's a lot going on that Robbie's doing underneath all that shit you know you know all you everyone focuses on is you hear the goofy keyboard and you hear Morrison right Robbie Krieger is playing he was playing like beer bottles up and down the neck back in the the, the mid 60s on some of those songs i mean it's he's got some interesting shit going on in those songs if you're a guitar uh fan you hear a lot of plucking and weird shit and um you know they didn't have a bass player so you know, Rayman Manzarek gets all the credit for. Oh, he played the bass on the keyboard. Robbie's in there too, muddling around trying to throw some bass sound in there as well to kind of fill out the band when they played live. So Robbie Krieger, uh, you guys Jack- had interesting. You guys had interesting shit growing
1: out of your head. You got you had a Robbie Krieger thing happening with your hair. I mean, it's just shit. Back, back in hair. the day, back in the day, back <laughs> in yeah, the day, yeah, was, was. kind of had an afro. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm seeing the connection with you and Robbie Krieger.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was bad. And, not, and I'm glad you it's gone. You guys both had white manfros. Manfros, yeah, we were, we were bad, bad hair. Okay, this is
1: interesting. Right, okay, that's, a, that's an interesting
0: five. Yeah, uh, number four, Jack White. Now, I wasn't always a Jack White fan. And he, I like, I like the simplicity of his stuff. He's got great riffs. I love how it's just loud as shit. And there was a documentary, I think it was called It Might Get Loud, with him and The Edge and, and Jimmy Page. It's great doc. Somebody else. Anyway, you got to go to his Tennessee farm and see how he did this shit. And I became like a fan when I saw that. And then all all you have to do to become a Jack White fan, see him live, first of all. Second of all, go dig up last year's Saturday Night Live performance when he did a little tribute to Eddie Van Halen. He did, you know, the two different songs early and then late in the show. Saturday Uh Night Live performance, one of my favorite of all time. That put it over the edge for me with Jack White. Um, here's a really bizarre, deep cut, weird one and you'll you'll know why when I tell you. A guy named Jeff Martin, he's in this Canadian band called The Tea Party, right? Yep. Nobody knows who the fuck I'm talking about. It's like
1: Jason's favorite band. He favorite loves band. these
0: guys. Okay, so this guy, he was he grew up as a kid, loved world music, loved the sitar sound and all this shit. So, he grew up uh outside of Windsor, Ontario, you know, the Rust Belt. He didn't have no damn money and he's a little bit older than we are. So, he learns to play guitar and starts tuning it and learning how to play it to get the sounds of a sitar out of his own guitar so out of necessity he figured out how to play those sounds and i think that's actually on their first album and then he went on to you know become fairly successful canadian wise anyway and uh his playing is crazy and if you're a big fan of just world instruments uh with a rock edge to it definitely check out the band called the tea party uh slash in at number two because well I I wrote my note down. It's fucking Slash. (laughs) The first time I saw Guns N' Roses, I was excited to see the band. But when I saw Slash, I couldn't take my eyes off him because I've never seen in a rock concert somebody up and down that guitar literally nonstop for the entire two and a half hours. Like he never stops. You know, he's not strumming very often. I mean, he's just always moving. And I met him one time and his grip, he could have crushed a bowling ball. His grip is unbelievable. And then... Eddie Van Halen, number one, how do you not, how do you not, you know, so. You can't uh, not. You, you can't know, not. if someone's mad that we on our personal top five guitarists didn't pick Clapton or anything like that, and I've seen Clapton and, 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 and a lot of these other artists, and I love them all, but I, I play a lot of them on the radio every day, so I think I kind of get burnout a little bit on some of the, I mean, I love Hendrix. You really sit down and listen to like Crosstown Traffic and some of the deeper cuts, holy shit, it's unbelievable. What hap- Here's what happens to me when I'm listening to Jimi Hendrix.
1: I start getting lost in the drums, man, like Mitch Mitchell and stuff. I start getting lost because the drums are so fucking great on right. th- some of that stuff. They're amazing. He always had killer drummers. And of course, it's the greatest guitar player of all time. But man, his rhythm section was so sick. And so amazing, different than I, I, they were just so in front for me for being such a, a this guitar player because it's it, it's a little different because Stevie Ray Vaughan, I felt Double Trouble sat back mm-hmm. a little bit. They're good, they're amazing, they're amazing, and that's that's his two guys that you know played. It was Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. So the rhythm section, I thought they were more in the pocket. The stuff that was going on on top of Jimi Hendrix those drums and everything, it's, it's mind blowing. It really is. And that's when I listen to Hendrix, I don't always just like get low, the guitar. I, I go down the drum rabbit hole and it, I start freaking out how great it is. All of it just together was just a musical masterpiece for sure.
0: Plus those three pieces had, they had to make so much noise. I remember, you know, different bands. You watch the the interviews of the documentaries like Eddie Van Halen, not to talk about him some more, but um you know, he said that him and Alex, you know, they were just him, Alex, and then Michael Anthony, you've got a lot of space to fill as three guys, You got a lot of space to fill. So they just played loud. They played everything they could play. And and I think, you know, and that's another topic for another time, but like these great guitarists probably got covered up. Like no one who talks about the drummer with Jimi Hendrix ever, other than like drummer nerds, really. you know what I mean? But they get buried into the, you know, you don't, I, I. Most people couldn't even name who the hell played with Jimmy Hendrix. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, obviously it was him and it was his flash and his uh, the way he dressed and all that shit. But these guys were great with these other guys,
1: you know? Correct. You know? I mean, you know, Clapton is going to be on every list for, you know, great guitar players. Right. But when you look at that short time that he was in cream, it, it, I, I can't, I'm listening to ginger Baker. It was great. It was that style of playing. It was the same thing that Mitch Mitchell was doing. It's the same thing. It was just that they were filling so much space on their drums. uh, You know, Keith Moon did it. Uh, It was a different style of drumming that I can't help it. I'm supposed to be listening to Clapton in Cream, right? But I, all I'm listening to is Ginger Baker. That's it. That's all I hear. When I hear Cream, all I hear is Ginger Baker. That happens to me, and I know I'm going to get killed for this. That happens to me when I listen to Jimi Hendrix. It really does. It's you come just, from a, the, the rhythm section is just ridiculous.
0: You come from a long drumming uh, background. So I was going to ask you right. this, you know, about drumming and stuff. Um, the think about Keith Moon and um, – Ginger Baker and all these guys, they learned, you know, their influence wasn't rock and roll. Their influence was jazz, right? I mean, am I talking out of school here? Because there wasn't rock and roll really before these guys. So they got a lot of jazz influences and other rhythms mixed in. Okay. So if you take what they were doing back then, which was really kind of a lot more intricacy and and a lot more to it, right? If you go fast forward now to like nineties and now drummers, are they more bang, bang, Less intricacy because they are just hearing the loud stuff of these of of like John Bonham of Led Zeppelin, or are these drummers today still as good? I, I, the
1: question is not very good. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you <laughs> know I'm I, I know where you're going. I know where you're going, and I think people just learn their instruments differently. Um, and it's not right or wrong. This could be, right. you know, I could be Gene Simmons here, and I could say, well, you know, back when I learned my instrument you know, I didn't learn on a drum set. I learned the rudiments and I played on a practice pad. Then I learned on a, you know, on a snare drum forever. And I had to learn my rudiments. That's just the old school stuff. It's just like somebody on the piano learning scales. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You don't start, you don't start, you don't play an Elton John song out of the gate. You got to learn old school stuff on the piano. And I don't know that people learn that way anymore. So these guys had no choice they all came from you know like swing and jazz and they they right. and, and those guys they could play man and that's where they adapted you know and that's where ginger put another bass drum out there like what is this he was a madman he <laughs> this guy brought in another bass drum oh he was what, nuts what are you doing with two bass drums um so i think people learn differently you know, you, you, your son's learning instruments and there's school of rock now, and they just want them to jam with each other. And I don't know if there's a lot of time to be learning some of this old technique stuff that's going to help you down the road. It really isn't like school. It isn't trigonometry. Okay. You're not going to use trigonometry kids. I'm sorry. If you're listening to this, that's the one thing you're not going to use. But if you learn that old school stuff, and if you really learn the picking techniques and the fingering and the old school, the rudiments on the drums, that stuff is going to serve you well later on. I don't know if they spend a lot of time on that stuff anymore. The kids, it, it's good <laughs> They're not sp- – Right after I said it, I'm like, here he goes. Are That's we,
0: we, we going to go back and talk about your van? Or are we talking about drums now and, and guitars? But no, I, it's funny because I had a, a buddy who's a, a very, very good drummer, but he plays all kinds. Of, he, he grew up in the jazz world and, and Latin world and grew up in all these different genres and he plays the drums like you play anything, right? Yep. So I just was, we were getting hammered one night and I had the uh, one of the Foo Fighters concerts on the big TV, the speakers are blaring, you know, and we're just watching. I don't know if it was when they were playing in, uh, the O2 or whatever they were playing, right? From a few years back. So I like, and I just said, hey man, you're a drummer. What do you think of Taylor Hawkins? Who I think, and I don't know shit about drums. I think he's awesome. He's fun to watch. And he's always beating the shit out of everything. His arms are always flying everywhere. And that's my, you know, that's how I judge a drummer, apparently. He goes, for what he does, he does a fine job. <laughs> I go, what's that supposed to mean, man? He goes, well, he's, he's in his world. He's For what the Foo Fighters need him to do, he is great at that. But then you take him and you put him down on on you know in the or you put him by preservation hall and all these old cats that can just play the shit out of the drums, different style, he wouldn't know what to do with himself. I'm like, wow, okay. I know we're getting off into a drum yeah. world. Taylor but- can play. Yeah. Taylor can
1: play, man. He's he's a good drummer. And and Dave's a great drummer. Right. Um, what's gotta be difficult, and I would love to sit down with Dave Grome. And outside of you know, whatever time I have for an interview. What I want to know is, dude, you write this song, you're a drummer. You have, when you're writing this song, you know exactly. It just comes to you. When you play the drums and you, you're with a band, you just start tinkering. And you start tinkering, what's going to work here? What's, okay, this would be fun to do here. This would be fun to do. When Dave's writing those songs, it's just automatically, organically happening in his brain. Taylor Hawkins has the unbelievable job to try to kind of match what's going on in Dave's head. Because because the first drummer of the Foo Fighters, Dave did that whole album, but then he did get a drummer. Right. And that guy was not matching what was in Dave's head. Dave went and re-recorded everything, offered the guy the gig to go out on the road. And the guy said, you re-recorded all my stuff? I don't want to do it. Right? Dave had to find somebody that could kind of read his mind. It was a similar guy, you know. And Taylor Hawkins has a really tough job of being in a band with a great drummer (laughs) that writes the songs it you 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 don't intentionally write drum parts they happen they just happen you 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 know enough shit that it just you know what's going to fit where Dave has to have that in his head when he's writing those songs and Taylor's got to come close to what's in Dave's head otherwise there's going to be a problem and he trusts Taylor enough you know but I think Dave every now and then will say I think maybe this Maybe try this here.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, how the hell <laughs> do you even... Like, Dave's got to be real... I'm sure in the early days, Dave had to be very careful. Like, you don't want to... You're Dave's the boss, okay? Obviously, he's the boss. Yep. But like... If you start, you know, day one, okay, well, no, I would hit this symbol here, not there. I would hit this, you know what I mean? You can't, he couldn't walk in and start that either because then Taylor Hawkins was never going to feel free to open up. And I think I watched an interview a a while back where Taylor's like, yeah, it took me a couple of albums to kind of really get comfortable.
1: (laughs) A couple of albums. Yeah, because you you have this great rock drummer that's not drumming in this band and he's going to be judging everything that you're doing. Right. It was the right move to get in that band for sure. All right, let's do some final thoughts here. Let's wrap up this mess of a show. Uh, Jason, final thoughts today.
0: Um, you know, we talked about rock being dead, and we talked about radio being dead. And and I knew that, you know, it, it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, actually. It was actually pretty positive, because uh, I think we're both believers that radio and rock music is still very, very much alive. But if you're a, a young guy or a girl in a band or in music or anything like that, or trying to get into radio, don't be discouraged by dopes like us and the old people don't be discouraged right keep practicing practice practice when you're done practicing practice some more right play gigs as soon as you're allowed to start doing gigs play everywhere play play fairs play your school play wherever you're asked to play constantly read books get life experiences because i don't want your lyrics to suck okay i want good (laughs) lyrics with that good groove all right and here's my favorite piece of advice i've been given to bands for 20 years. I've been doing local radio or local uh music shows for years on radio stations, man. And and don't ever call yourself a local band. Ever. You're a band. You're not a local band. As soon as you strap local band on you, you might as well just pack it in. Call yourself your band name. That's it. You're never a local band. That's all I got. Final thought. I like it.
1: Good luck. Um, final thought for me. Uh something came out. This week, uh, Live Nation announced that they're doing something, and of all people, the Madden Twins, OK? Benji and Benji and Basenji and Joel, Madden: Joel and Benji.: I can't believe that these guys came up with this technology. They're putting in cameras in and New Orleans, House of Blues, is on the list. OK? Right. So Live Nation has a deal with these guys. And they're putting cameras in all of these venues. And the reason why I think it's important is because there's going to be things that come out of this pandemic that aren't all necessarily shit. There's going, we've, we've had to learn to do things differently and there's going to be something that we adapt to. Some of you aren't going back to the office. Somebody you aren't, some of you aren't driving into the office as much as you were. Some of you are still, you know, working at your kitchen table and some of you are going to be continuing to do that. Uh, some people like it. Some people want to get back in the office. I don't know what the movie theater experience is going to be like moving forward. I, I, I don't know if they can take that away from us by charging us 25, 30 bucks for a movie and sitting on your couch and not going anywhere and watching a first run movie. I, I, I don't know that the movie industry is ever going to be the same. A live concert industry It's going to be booming when it hits. People want to go. Mm -hmm. And of course, financially, people have been hit. But one of the things that they're going to offer is a chance to stream the band and watch the concert. Say, okay, I'm here in Houston, but there's a show happening and there's a show happening at the House of Blues in New Orleans. And I can go online for 10 bucks and I can go watch that show. That's awesome. In real time. I, like in real time, you watch it live. And it's not necessarily just the cameras on the stage. There might be a backstage experience. There might be all sorts of things beforehand and what the band's doing and what they're talking about beforehand. They don't, they haven't told us exactly what they're going to do with this technology. But I think it's going to be huge. I really do. This is one of those things where it's like, no, it's not worse. It's better. This is better. Will they black out local shows? Jason and I grew up in Buffalo. Bill's games are not selling out. Guess what? We had to go to some pizza place in Niagara Falls to go watch a game that had a satellite dish because it was locally blacked out right now. I apparently remember. that happened here with the Oilers. I'm sure it happened with the, with oh, the saints back in the day for years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But people don't realize that games didn't sell out. I wonder if they use that same principle. If your show doesn't sell out, you cannot get the show. Woodlands pavilion here in Houston locally. It's not sold out. You can't get it here. You've got to buy a ticket if you want to go see it. But we were talking about it on the air. Not everybody has the money to go to Red Rocks. It's a religious experience, and I implore so everybody to go see a live band in Red Rocks. Doesn't matter if it's your favorite band. Go see a band in Red Rocks. But if you can never have that experience, but they turn on the cameras and now you're watching, you know, Nathaniel Rateliff at Red Rocks. I'm paying. I'm paying ten. 15 bucks for that. I'm I'm paying 20 bucks for that on a Friday night to watch that. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do with this camera technology, but they're putting the cameras in now. And uh, I think it's pretty awesome. I really do. I I don't think it hurts the concert industry. I think Mm -hmm. it enhances it. I do. And it's another stream of money for the bands. Um, Bands aren't rock bands. We talked about aren't selling albums. They're not, you know, they're making their money by playing live. They're making money. By letting people come backstage and meet them and take a picture with them they 're getting money from you they 're mm-hmm. getting money for these fan experiences okay um, it 's another way for bands to make money, which is great it 's a great stream of revenue. I think they could make a lot of money doing this um, and I think it just opens up you know the the live experience nothing 's going to replace seeing a band live, but Weezer is doing their first ever live stream. Friday night, they're going to play their new album and people are buying it, you know, because of the, because of this pandemic, it never would have happened. I don't know that it would have happened, but it it, it wouldn't have happened yet. Had we not been through what we went through this past year. So these cameras are going in and uh, I think it, I think there's a world of opportunity here. I really do. I think it's a good thing. I'm excited about it.
0: I think it's very cool because, you know, some artists have been doing it, um it's not the same experience but they've been doing using like patreon pages and stuff like that where they'll say hey look you know on saturday night 8 p.m you know local time i'm gonna come on i'm gonna do an hour okay and then for a week ahead of time hey what songs do you want to play want me to play and it's usually a dude with a guitar so it's like it's an intimate it's a very different sort of experience and if you're a fan, a super fan of those bands, that's where it's really going to be neat, right? Like, cause like a lot of bands skip New Orleans. They go right from Houston cause it's a bigger market. They could drive right down the I-10. They blow right by here. They go to Atlanta or Tampa or whatever, right? Yeah. So I would be able to actually sit down and go, well, shit, man, the Goo Goo Dolls haven't played here in 10 years. I would like to see them live. Hey, they're playing in Houston. Maybe Rod's there. Maybe, Maybe they're going to kind of go out and find guys like you or me and go, Hey, you do the the you know the five minute pre interview with the band and then all right introduce them and then bam here they are. I didn't it's even
1: think about that. That would be an awesome opportunity, you know, to get like you know grab the local dummy from the radio station and have him do something.
0: Or the two guys from the Play Pants podcast. We got to talk to some people. Where's Joel and Benji Madden? They should be um, contacted by our our producer Jake Fisher. Get on that, Jake. Come on, call <laughs> up Joel. And those Good Charlotte guys. Maybe you should start playing some more Good Charlotte on the air, dude. <laughs> Maybe so, but Maybe I like so. it. I think that's cool. I, you know what, the, the live experience. There's nothing like the the live experience, though. To be in there, the smell, the feel, the the sweat, and then that uh, energy you get. But um, I, I think about like um, you know, like Jazz Fest. Do that. Holy shit! Eventually, I think it'll it'll expand past these 60 cities or whatever it's going to be, or 60 for venues. For sure, for sure, it will. Pff, that would be so cool.
1: I would, you know, for years. I, I've, I've traditionally only been coming in. You know, Jazz Fest is two weekends in New Orleans, and I just can't do both weekends. I just can't. Right. I would one hundred percent buy a Jazz Fest live stream on the weekend that I don't go. Of course, I would. Or think and I'd about. I'd pay this. good money for that.
0: Think about this, man. There's a band, and you know how you, you and your buddies, y'all you like certain bands. you all, you know, you, you gravitate towards certain music, and you're always talking about it. Think about it, man. If somebody's playing. You know, somewhere else, and it's a Saturday night, and you've got the outdoor TV up, or you post, You know, nowadays TVs are cheap as shit. Everyone's got the great sound systems. Have the boys over, drink some beers, and holy shit, you're watching a concert from your damn couch, or or, or playing cornhole in your backyard. Meanwhile, you know this band's playing. That would be a whole different experience. It would be pretty badass too. It could get to a
1: point where you go to your guide, and you know, right now you've got all of those channels. You got a couple thousand, you know, little mm-hmm. the schedule there it's going to be bands on demand. Oh, what's it tonight? Papa Roach, boom. Who cares if it's happening right now? <laughs> All that stuff's going to be available. They're filming everything now. So th- this is the start of something that I think is going to be absolutely huge. I really I, do.
0: I guess the, the devil's advocate though would be like, well, why don't you just go buy one of the old DVDs and put it on? You know, it's just not the same though. Cause they got the new songs and they got the new rap. I, look, I don't ever want to see Kiss do this and they're going to be the first ones to do it because they they want to make the money, but you can go watch a video from 1978 and they're saying the same shit. Paul's up there. All right, Cleveland, you know, same shtick every night. So that might not be the band you want to do this, right? (laughs) Not the piss on Kiss, but you get the idea.
1: So that's a hell of a final thought, but I was, uh, that just kind of came out the other day and man, I I ran with that. I thought that was going to be, I thought it was awesome news. I thought that was totally cool.
0: I think you know what? I think the biggest part of that is um the fact that um I can only name maybe one or two good Charlotte songs. So Joel and Benji Madden, and isn't one of them married to like Cameron Diaz? Lifestyles of the rich and the famous yes. so just, dude, you don't have to be like awesome, you can go into other worlds, like you know, you got two radio DJs, right, who are pretty good at what they do, but no, now they're doing podcasts. This this is gonna blow up, dude. This could be huge.
1: Play like, pants with Rod and Jason. We'll, we'll even, we can use their song. We'll, we'll, we'll make a song. Um, yeah. One's married to Lionel Richie's kid, and the other one's married to Cameron Diaz. So they're doing okay. They manage I bands, see. and it's this, it, this is their technology that they're doing. And they, they cut an exclusive deal. I can't imagine the money, the cameras, the everything with Live Nation, the biggest producer of live concerts. Right. I'm pretty sure those guys are pretty loaded. Uh, I can't even imagine what a deal like this would be worth.
0: But you know what, thinking about this, you're right. Going back to your point about like, this probably wouldn't have happened without the pandemic, right?
1: Not, not as soon. I think it would have eventually happened at some point, but I don't think we would have it. I, I don't think we'd be talking about it right now.
0: Think of the money that live nation and all these promoters and even your local venues, your local bars, put music, in. they have lost so much money in the last year, like yeah. billions of dollars. You know, there's going to be a lot of festivals probably that aren't going to come back because Live Nation and these other promoters are going to have to cut. They're not going to be able to do everything they did before. They just can't. The money's not there. They've had to lay off people. They've had to change their whole business model. So this, it, it's all about those streams. You can't have just one stream of revenue. They're looking for other ways to get that money trained. Correct. Only. And this, this is, is a ton
1: of jobs too. I mean, these yeah. cameras, working the cameras, no, doing all great. this. I mean, the, the, the rigging, all of that. That's There's jobs being created with this as well. So like, the concert industry absolutely needs it. I think it's going to be great. Um, one final, 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 final thought. Just what do you know about uh, jazz fests for October? I mean, is it,
0: do you still think that it's happening? They, um, they came out uh, two weeks ago, maybe it was. And they, they confirmed it was going to be at the fairgrounds where they, that's the old horse racetrack in new Orleans. They've yeah. been doing it there for, you know, 45 some odd years. Right. Right. And they've confirmed it's going to be there. Cause they moved it from the last weekend in April in the first weekend in May to two weekends in October, right? So that's going to give everyone time to get their shots or whatever's going to happen the next few months. Okay. But it leaves you with a problem because if you've noticed, there's not been a whole lot of people announcing grand tours just yet. I think everyone's still in that wait and see mode. You can't do tours.
1: You you can't do... You, you can't go and do a Swiss cheese thing and a band Mm-mm. play here. Well, okay. New York's not ready. They're a little bit more conservative. Okay. Texas, boom. Okay. Let's hit San Antonio, Dallas and Austin and Houston. Great. But you've got to route and make money and everything. So the tours, they're not going to happen. Right. They're it's not, I, I don't think they're going to happen. Although hella mega still, they say they're playing. So I think I, Hell Omega thinks they're doing it, and I think Tommy Lee thinks that they're doing it. The whatever the oh the Motley Crue thing with the the poison Motley Crue yeah 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 yeah. So they think they're doing it. I don't know, but Jazz Fest is a one
0: off deal. It's Bonnaroo. Not, it's not a tour. Bonnaroo's announced Foo Fighters and, and you know there's that that lineup's out. Bonnaroo is out. So I think they might just be waiting for another minute or so to uh, kind of go. Okay, well everyone's trying to gauge where are we going to be in October. You know, it's the whole. Hey, we're ready to fucking there. rock. Okay.
1: Oh. I'll tell you where I'm going to be. <laughs> I got my shots. I feel like a fucking champion.
0: I want to rock out. That's where I'm at. Some call Joe jazz Fest and tell him. Dude, get on eBay right now. Get a van. Okay. I want the family in that van humming in all the way down the I-10 to New Orleans. And you're sleeping I'm going to be that there. Van. I don't
1: know what weekend. I, I will be there. All you of them. You just got to let me know. So Dude. we don't have... We don't have an announcement date yet, is what you're telling me.
0: No, uh, the dates are out there. There's just not one band. Ben. A band. Uh, and we're not, we don't There's have any no, lineup. We
1: don't have anything yet. Nothing. Nothing at all, man. So,
0: dude, you okay. should come in for the entire month of October, okay? Bring your shit with you. Do your radio show from here. We can right. pod. We can podcast every time, all week long. This is <laughs> going to be great. Just cruise over for October. Uh, everybody, come on to New Orleans in October. It's going to be ridiculous over here. Is voodoo going to happen? That's the big thing. Voodoo is
1: traditionally the big show in New Orleans in October, and it's Ho- Halloween weekend. Halloween so, weekend. How the hell Ho- are you gonna jam that and two weekends of of Jazz Fest?
0: We're all gonna age like ninety years in a month, is what's gonna happen. No one's gonna sleep in October because we're cramming all a bunch of other festivals that uh, normally would have happened. Uh, French Quarter Fest is a big one. That's gonna be in October. You know they're gonna push everything. October's going to be the sleepless month in new orleans and there's going to be what's nine months after october whatever month that is the hospitals are going to have to bring in people right because it's going to be wild <laughs> it's going to be all wild right. down here in october man it's going to be nuts i can't wait
1: all right guys thanks so much for checking us out again uh we've talked about all the social media you guys are doing a great job hit us up at Play Pants Pod. If you're listening to us on one of the platforms that you listen to your podcast on, you can check out the video to see if we, I stole this line from Jason years ago, to see if we, uh, if we look as stupid as we sound. (laughs) With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)